0: symbol of excellence in sports entertainment the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production
1: hogan era podcast i'm your host jp john pause is of course a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcast feed today on the hogan era podcast we're going to be talking about another monster in the world of professional wrestling another monster that hogan had to come up and destroy we're talking about big john stud Now, with the Hogan era, we're obviously talking about from 1984 to 1993. One of the greatest eras ever in the history of the business. I see the greatest. A lot of people call it the golden era of wrestling. The era that really set it off and led to Vince McMahon right now being a billionaire. If you think about it, without Hogan and the Hogan era, a.k.a. the golden era, you do not see the rich history of the WWF. And you do not see Vince McMahon being a multiple billionaire. So with the Hogan era, obviously on this show, we're talking about the great feuds that Hogan was a part of. And you kind of need that great heel or those great feuds to keep that strong baby face, a strong baby face. Hogan obviously is the cash cow. He is the golden boy. He is the golden goose. He's the king. He is the Babe Ruth. He is the guy with everything with him on top works perfectly as you kind of trinkle down the hill. With the Hulkster, you got to think about it. He's saying, okay, who could we have a feud with? Who we're going to have a fight? Piper, perfect. Orndorf, perfect. Obviously, you need to sprinkle in some King Kong Bundy, Dr. D. David Schultz, Terry Funk, Harley Race. I mean, just legend after legend, legendary guy. But what could we do again to really build money and have a feud for several years? I mean, we're talking about going from essentially 1984 to 1986. So two, almost three years of feud with somebody where they can kind of sporadically have matches and sell out house shows and throw this match out there. And it'll be very believable. And it'll be able to sell those tickets. Like we talk about every week on the show, those house show tickets, that is the golden goose for the WF. That is the money maker. You want to get them to the live shows and you got to have a great marquee matchup usually involving Hulk Hogan, usually involving the WWF World Heavyweight title, and then said challenger, who is likely to be a big-time heel, and that if it works out, Hogan will have an extended period of working with him, and they'll make a ton of money. If it doesn't draw well, obviously they'll move on to the next guy, and so on and so forth. But always, always, with Hogan being the invincible man that he was and being the, the key, being the cash cow, he was always obviously figured in at the top of the card against whoever the main heel was. Like I mentioned with the smaller guys, quote-unquote, Piper, Orndorff, Funk. I mean, I guess you have to say Dr. D. David Schultz, even though he's not small at all. Um, Guys like that, Bad News Brown, not small at all, but, you know, smaller-ish, macho man, smaller-ish guys, rather than the Monsters, the Bundys, the Kamalas, the One-Man Gangs, the Earthquakes, the Andre, the Giants. Those guys who would go up against Hogan and would be kind of that known as that Hogan formula where it'd be the monster. He'd be the ultimate underdog. And then he'd overcome the odds. He'd beat the big monster and boom, everybody's happy. Hogan wins again, but with his selling and coming up from underneath and working from but down below and working his way up, everyone really, really got into Hulkamania really, really got into Hogan. And he really get a part of those matches because he's such a great seller. And he does such a good job of bringing in and capturing in especially against those monsters. So it was a tried and true formula that really, really worked. And it's funny because not always did it have to be the big monster to be a, being an awesome money-making feud. His probably most profitable feud ever after Andre and maybe even above Andre was the Macho Man, obviously Macho Man's smaller than Hulk. So it doesn't always have to be the tried and true formula. I think as long as Hulk is a part of the formula, I think that it works and I think that it's great. So it's just one of those things where, it's all about the hulkster and, and and in that instance but it also you do need that strong heel and it has to be a blend maybe changing it up a little bit you know you're going from the 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 kamalos of the world to the bad news browns and and so on and so forth and you kind of change it up and you go to different guys maybe that was kind of the key to the success not always just the monster and you know you sprinkle in the pipers and the Orndorfs with the andres and the bundy so it definitely. There's some room to work with there with with the guys, for sure. When you think about Big John Stutt, obviously, he falls into the the monster category. I mean, what a monster. He was almost seven feet tall, obviously, oh, well over 350 pounds. He was just one of those guys, when you look at him, it's like, okay, Hogan is huge, but Hogan is the underdog to this guy. This guy is a believable, badass monster, and he fits in with that crew in the WWF in the 80s. I mean, whoo. Those Hogan-era heels that people remember, and you still talk to people about it today, You're like, oh, my God, I remember Andre the Giant. What a monster. What about King Kong Bundy and Kamala? You throw Big John Studd's name in there right at the top of that list because it's like, wow, remember Big John Studd? Man, was he a monster. Man, was he a force to be reckoned with. And he had the charisma and the look, and he could talk, and he was just one of those guys, especially when you pair him up with Heenan, where they're just like an unforgettable duo, but really just an unforgettable force in the Hogan era. I you go back and you look and especially look at Big John Studd's early career, you got to think like, OK, when do you start in the WBF? You got to go all the way back to 1972. He had a match in my hometown, Asbury Park, New Jersey. He was known as Chuck O'Connor at this point, and he lost. Actually, excuse me, he had a draw with Arnie Skolin, the, the golden boy, Arnold Skollin. And that was part of the WWF days of 1972. So just that's kind of an interesting start there as he's, you know, obviously was in the business for uh, quite a long time, but he made his way all the way back to 72. So he'd leave for a while. I mean, he was there for 73, but he'd leave for a couple of years. And then he'd come back as execution number two in 1976. And he'd be there for quite a while. And it's interesting just to kind of see, you know, the metamorphosis, if you will, of of his career in the WBF, because during those days, 1976, he's the executioner. He's under the mask. Nobody knows who he is, but he's just this big monster with a ton of potential. And then really, he's back in 77. And then he's still there all the way, basically, through most of 77. But then he's gone in... May of 77, his last match was against Backland. And before that, he had some matches with Andre the Giant and Larry Zbysko. So high up on the card, very important, but he's an executioner on the match. He's not really a focus. and He's not really making a name for himself as Big John Studd as of yet. So really, he comes back to the WWF in 1982. And that's really when you'll see him make a big name for himself. He comes back on 10-26-82, and he defeats Steve King in Allentown, PA, and then he does a bunch of handicap matches just to kind of two-on-one, really just showing what he's about and really showing, like, okay, this guy's a monster, this guy's a world title contender, he can beat anybody, goes on a big winning streak, like I mentioned, a bunch of handicap match wins. He ends up fighting in the WWF World Heavyweight Title Match on one twenty two eighty three. Bob Backlund. He loses the match in about seven minutes at the MSG in NYC, a part of the... WWF on MSG network TV show. So that was kind of a big, big foray into the main event for him A loss. Yes, but still put him well onto his way uh, into the main event scene and made a name for himself and introduced himself to Mr. Bob Backlund. On 2 1983 on the Prism Network from Philly PA in the Spectrum, Big John Studd would defeat Backlund by Countout. So they are keeping him strong as we go into 1983, and they're really still pushing him up and kind of still bringing him up the card in a, in a very, very strong way. He'll be back on again by DQ in Baltimore, Maryland on 3-12-83. He's going to be a part of this 20-man battle royal for $10,000 that Andre the Giant wins in Landover. Maryland, excuse me. And then, you know, as he's kind of going along, he is definitely a, a part of the the scene, if you will. I mean, he's definitely a part of the main events. He's definitely getting a big push. He's definitely moving up the card. On three twenty three eighty three, 83 Backlund defeats Big John Studd in Westchester County Civic Center in White Plains, New York. So, again, in the New York mar- market, he's getting these big-time main event matches against Bobby Backlund. They have another match in Buffalo. Backland defeats him by countout. That's in 4 4 83. So, pretty much every month he's getting a title shot. Whether he's losing to Backland or whether he's winning by countout or DQ, he's still involved and is still becoming a big part of the main event scene. Of course, as we go through 83 and we head into 84 and even 85, it's just kind of known. It's like, okay, Stud is a giant, Stud is a monster. There's only one monster that everyone's familiar with that studs going to have to destroy to kind of take his place. And of course that's Andre the giant and they pretty much start their big feud really in 83, but it goes from 84. And obviously we know it goes on to 85 as well, because it's a part of WrestleMania one, Andre the giant versus big John said $15,000 body slam challenge match. They do have a big time feud for a long time. It just kind of goes to show you though, if, if you're a big name in the business, at that point, during the Hogan era, there's two guys you're going to be feuding with. And it's really, I know 83 was was pre-Hogan until you get to January of 84. But you know what I'm saying? If there's a few guys, really, that you're going to feud with, that you're going to be the main event and be the top guy, two guys, Andre and the Hulkster. And that's what Stud did. And he was definitely a big part of what they wanted their main event scenes look like. And he was definitely a part of them making a lot of money on house shows and making a lot of money on these big shows at MSG and at the spectrum and at Boston garden. I mean, stud was featured everywhere. was a big part of the WWF. And when you think about when Vince, you know, junior, Vince man, junior takes over, he wants these larger than life characters and nobody fits that, Bill more than stud. I mean, he is just a monster of a man. He looks like a million bucks. He's scary as hell. He could work. He could move. He could talk. He was the perfect foil for the Hulkster, who looked like an underdog. Six six, three hundred pounds, and he's an underdog. It's because of these monsters of that era and these guys that just totally like monstrous. You know, a better way to describe it—they're just so big. You just think like, wow, these guys are the size of mountains, and that is stud for you, especially on the heel side, because. With Andre being a babyface for a while, obviously, until WrestleMania 3 or, or a few months before that when he turns on Hogan and aligns with Heenan, really the the big heels were Bundy and Stud, and they're the two monsters, and they're the two guys going after Hogan and Andre. So as far as Hogan era is concerned, and kind of just dialing back the clock here, now we're talking about, obviously, WrestleMania 1 and his feud with Andre the Giant. First time Hogan and Big John Stud really get together is in 83, and it's a part of of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Andre the Giant Stud have a few tag matches against Hogan and Anoki. Hogan and Maeda again. Hogan and Anoki again. A th- three way, well, excuse me, not three way, six man. Anoki, Hogan, and Kimura versus Andre, Big John Stud, and El Kanek. Then Maida and-, and Hogan team again against Stud and Andre. And then finally, their first one on one match was 5 29, 1983. Hogan defeats Big John Stud in about eight minutes. In the New Japan Pro Wrestling IWGP Championship League tournament ends up being won, of course, by the Hulkster. So really, if you think about it, and, and when they first kind of have their interaction in the Hogan era in the WWF, 210-1984, $30,000 18-man battle royal. Big John Studd wins it at the Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, Missouri. The match in total, the 18-man battle royal, goes about 13 minutes, 30 seconds. Hogan's in it. Andre's in it. Dick Murdoch's in it. I mean, there's a couple of names, Neil Mascaris. There's a couple of names that really, really stick out. And it's just very interesting that big John stud gets the win there, which kind of leads to stud getting a bit of a push. I guess you could say, even though he's ready getting one, but a bit, bit of a push, I guess you could say towards the WWF world title on three, nine, 1984 in Sacramento, California, Hulk Hogan and big John stud go to a no contest. Then, a few weeks later, in St. Louis, Missouri, at a house show, Big John Stud defeats Hulk Hogan via countout. They have another thirty—excuse me, now fifty thousand dollar eighteen-man battle royal. Andre the Giant ends up winning this one. This time, it's in Oakland at the Oakland Coliseum. Hogan, of course, is in this one, and Stud, and Tiger Chung Lee, and Dick Murdoch again. So I mean, you got some good names in there, some important names, but. Just interesting. Bud uh, Bundy, excuse me, uh, Stud wins uh, the first one. Andre wins this one. And then we continue on and we get some big-time matches all across the globe. We start off at the Hollywood Sportatorium in Hollywood, Florida. Hogan and Stud. Hogan defeats him by DQ. That's on six sixteen eighty four. 84 On 7 Hogan defeats Big John Stud by a countout at the Oakland Coliseum. Hogan then defeats him via countout in Chicago, Illinois. Hogan and Andre defeat Adrian Adonis, Big John Studd, and Dick Murdoch at the Brendan Byrne Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey on 715 84. And then they have a bunch of matches as they go back to Hollywood, Florida, go back to Chicago, Illinois, go back to Oakland. And one of those matches is a Lumberjack match. And Hogan gets the win on all those matches, kind of having, having to return. Like I mentioned, you have the show, you really build it up. Hogan either wins by countout, DQ or maybe loses by that. You have the return match next month, and the crowd ends up selling out again. And boom, you did good business because, hey, people were interested in the rematch. They want to see Hogan stud. They want to see Hogan beat stud, and Hogan does on these rematches. So as we're moving along here in 84 in September, in San Diego, Hogan gets the win. There's a double count-out in Inglewood, California. They have a match in MSG. A part of the MSG on, excuse me, WWF on MSG network. Big John Studd defeats Hogan via countout in about 11 minutes on 9 22 84. Very memorable match there. And these are pretty good matches and pretty good chemistry. I feel like was shown by them. I always enjoyed their matches. I always like going, watching their matches. Obviously, I think people will remember they have this match in Puerto Rico where there's like a downpour and it's raining like crazy and they really can't have the match. They try, but I mean, they do the best that they can, but you know, th- that's one thing where it's like, okay, that is crazy to have happen. That never happens. That's rare. You're doing an outside show and it rains and a downpour and you can't even have the main event. They tried by God, but they couldn't really have it. Other than that, they've had some great matches, some great chemistry, and the crowd is super into it. You really feel like Hogan is the ultimate underdog, and you really feel like stud's going to win. He's a true monster, truly makes Hogan look small. Very cool dynamic between them. I always enjoyed it. One of those things where, like on paper, or like Kevin Sullivan always says, on the poster just looks awesome. Like the, the two big behemoths, two big monsters, is just, you know, you're printing money by having those two on the poster. So, that match where Stud defeats him at MSG, you'll have other matches. Hogan and Mad Dog vashon a very random, rare tag team, defeat Stud and steel in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Then they'll go to Atlanta, Georgia. Hogan defeats him by countout. Then you go to Pittsburgh. Stud beats him by countout. Then you go to Philly, and Hogan defeats Stud. You go to L.A., Hogan defeats Stud. Then you go to Englewood. Hogan and Stud go to a double DQ. And here's the return match from a month later, 10-22-84, Title can change hands via a countout. Hogan defeats Big John Studd in about eight minutes on the MSG network at MSG in New York City. So they had that big return match there after, like I told you, they had the countout, a little bit of a schmazz. This, this time, really up in the ante, the title can change hands by a countout, so Hogan defeats him there. Definitely added some intrigue because Hogan just lost by count. countout. You think, damn, there's a possibility Hogan can lose the title. And not even be pinned. So that just was an interesting little wrinkle they added in there. Hogan would then defeat Stud in Kansas City, St. Louis. They'd have a no contest in Minneapolis. Hogan would get the win in Pittsburgh in a rematch. They've had uh, two matches in Pittsburgh. Hogan would get the win in both of those. Hogan would then defeat Bay John Stud via countout on MSG. This wasn't at MSG, though. This was at the Brendan Burn Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, my home away from home. Then they'd have matches in... Cleveland, Boston, where both of them were, were via countout, and Hogan gets the win there. Hogan and Orndorff defeat Stud and Bob Orton at the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island on 626 85. Hogan defeats Stud in Toronto, Ontario via countout, then also in Columbus, Ohio, Phoenix, Arizona. The Minis are LA, the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, aka Chicago, on 925 85. Sees Hogan and Andre teaming up against the Heenan family, a.k.a. Stud and Bundy, and getting the win. Then we're going back to Indianapolis and Peoria, Illinois. Hogan defeats Bundy both those times via countout. Then we have a $15,000 body slam match, 10-18-85. Hulk Hogan defeats Big John Stud via countout in Landover, Maryland. Another countout, like I was just talking about this one before, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Hogan defeats Stud Vican there. That was the the downpour, the infamous downpour that kind of destroyed that match and killed it, really. So then we go to 10-31-1985. Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan defeated the Heenan family, Big John Stud and King Kong Bundy by DQ in eight minutes. Saturday night's main event number three from Hershey PA at the Hershey Park Arena. That is something that I think a lot of people remember because you probably saw it on TV along with millions of others. They had a two-on-three handicap match. Hogan and Andre defeated Stud Heenan and Bundy on the Prism Network at Philly, PA. That was on 111.86. They've had a dark match, part of the primetime taping at the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland, where Hillbilly Jim and Hogan defeated Stud and Bundy. Then they have a rematch in Omaha, Nebraska. uh, stud and buddy again lose to hogan and hillbilly they have a rematch at the brendan burn arena for the wf world heavyweight title match hogan defeats stud by dq there then they have a match Hartford, connecticut hogan will defeat stud again most of these matches hogan is getting the win not always via pinfall usually keeping stud strong for the rematch to kind of do the do the match again whether it's next month or the next few months and really kind of get people interested again and want to sell out again, because you see stud and Hogan on the bill. You're probably interested if you were there the month before and you saw a schmoz finish or you saw a finish you weren't happy with, you definitely want to return back. You probably said, dad, let's go. I want to go back the next month. I want to see Hogan beat this guy. And then usually Hogan would then beat him on that next show, or they stretch it out a little bit. and it would be a few shows after that, but it got fans interested, got fans coming back. And that was the model. And that's what you had to do. And it's just smart business. Then, of course, they would have a match in New Orleans, Illinois; Richfield, Ohio; Tacoma, Washington; Poughkeepsie, New York; Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada, where Hogan defeats—excuse uh, hogan, hogan defeats Stud there. So they had a lot of matches here. Here's a match that's very interesting. It's part of a dark match on a Superstars taping, but you can see it's it is online because of of MS because of MSG. But they had a dark match. The week before in Baltimore, Maryland, it's the machines, Big Machine, Hulk Machine, and Super Machine defeating the Heenan family, which is, of course, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. If you didn't know, Super Machine, of course, is Axe, aka Bill E.D. Big Machine, of course, was Black Jack Mulligan, and Hulk Machine, you guessed it, Hulk Hogan. So the machines, Big Machine, Super Machine, and Hulk Machine would then defeat the Heenan family again, like I mentioned, the week later at msg on the msg network this is a really fun match really cool match a little hokey obviously because you kind of know who's under the mask but just was such a cool thing that they did in japan that we kind of adapted over here and brought over and they decided to do this a lot during the early and mid 80s with the machines obviously a giant machine too which was under the giant just kind of interesting stuff i mean the fans knew who it was for the most part but i guess a little cutesy thing that they did of course that was on the MSG network at Madison Square Garden you can get that match on YouTube and enjoy it there 10 23 1986 Hogan and the Crusher defeated Stud and Bundy in Milwaukee Wisconsin and really the last time that they were a part of the same match together 115 1989 a part of Big John Stud's return this was Royal Rumble 1989 at the Summit in Houston Texas Big John Stud would win the Royal Rumble that year. Shockingly, he would kind of go on and not really have a great run after that. He was injured, wasn't really a part of WrestleMania Five. He was the referee for Jake the Snake Roberts against Andre the Giant. You know, I guess they thought he was healthier. You could tell he had a lot of back problems. He had a lot of movement issues. He really couldn't move that well, so he was not a part of WrestleMania that year. He'd have a bunch of house show matches against Hakeem, all in 1989. There was a ton of them there. He had a few Andre the Giant house show matches. He had a few uh, tag team matches with Duggan against Andre and Haku. And his last ever match in the WBF was 6-2 1989 stud and king. Jim Duggan defeated Andre and Haku from West Palm Beach Auditorium in West Palm Beach, Florida. So really, when he made his return in 89, they thought it was going to be a bigger deal than it was. He obviously had some injuries and some movement issues and some back issues that kind of prevented that. Pretty damn cool and pretty surprising. He won the Royal Rumble in 89. But if you look at a believability factor, of course, a big seven-foot guy who you can barely pick up and barely move is going to win the Royal Rumble because he can knock guys out and throw them over the top rope pretty damn easy. And it's pretty damn hard to get him over the top and out. But just an interesting side note, in 86, WrestleMania 2 around the time Hogan was feuding with stud on all the house shows, there was the possibility and was the thought that stud was going to be in the cage match and in the main event against Hogan. Interesting that it didn't go down that way. I think if it did, it would have been very believable and people would have still been very interested and bought it as well as they did. But if you think about it, it's like, wow, with stud, And Hogan, that would have been awesome. I mean, I'm just thinking about the poster with Hogan and Bundy. But, man, Hogan and Stud worked. And they could have had a big pay-per-view match. And they could have had the big WrestleMania match. So many possibilities with that WrestleMania, too. But Hogan won and Bundy. And obviously, it worked. And obviously, it drew a lot of money. So can't really fault it. Can't fault Vince. And you can't fault... Hogan for that one. I mean, if it works, it works. But just to think back and think, what if, you know, maybe. And it was definitely a possibility, and it was definitely talked about, and it was a rumor at that time. Stud almost got the the big cage match uh, with Hogan. He almost got, instead of being a part of that battle Royal was Andre the Giant one. You know, he almost was a part of the main event and one of the biggest matches in Mania history. Just interesting the way history of that went and interesting the way it worked as far as the WWF and the Hogan era. So there you have it, folks. I mean, that's pretty much it with Hogan and stud. They feuded from 1984 to 1986. They had some great matches. They had some great chemistry. Stud was one of those guys that was so memorable and so believable as a big time heel during the Hogan era. One of those guys that you would just say, of course, Hogan feuding with this guy. And of course he can cause so much damage. He is just monstrous. And one of those larger than life characters that you'll never, ever forget so let's head towards the plugs you follow me on twitter and instagram at two man power trip check out the website tmpt and patreon patreon.com slash tmpt empire just want to mention this as well not sure when it's going to come out still working on editing it and putting it together and making it into a massive very important episode but hulk hogan yes the immortal hulk hogan i had a chance to interview him for about five minutes or so and i'm waiting to kind of edit it together and put it down and get it out to the masses but This was an honor. I know it was only a short period of time and I only was able to ask him a few questions, but man, this was awesome. This was iconic. This was memorable. Such a cool moment. Being able to talk to him and and do the interview with him, I just thought like, wow, I don't even care how long it is. I get to ask Hulk a few questions. It's unbelievable. Never in my wildest imagination did I think when I started this in January 2015, seven years later, that I'd ever have the chance to interview and talk to most of the guys that I have. All that being said, Hogan would be at the top of the list of shocking guys that I never, ever – I mean, talk about the the list of, like, the Mount Rushmore of guests. He was number one himself on, <laughs> on every president's face, if you will. I mean, it was Hogan, Hogan, Hogan. So to be able to do that was unbelievable and phenomenal and just wanted to mention that Big John Studd was a part of the top ten opponents Hogan named. He did say Andre, Piper, Savage, Bundy and then Big John Stud. Pretty damn cool. That will be out soon. I will let everybody obviously know when, and you'll see it come down on the two-man power trip of wrestling feed. But thank you, everybody out there for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for the Hogan Era Podcast. See you next week, folks brother.
0: Dream team and these two of the nightmare are formidable to them even when they fight fairly, which is almost never, Jesse. I thought we reporters, McMahon, were supposed to be objective. It sounds to me like you're picking favorites and taking sides. Nonsense. Just stating the facts as I see it, any All right, we're ready for the arrival of the dream team. Led towards the ring by Captain Louis Albano from Grenoble in the French Alps, weighing 520 pounds, Andre the Giant. And from Venice Beach, California, at 302 pounds. The World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion, Hulk Hogan! This is Hulkamania! This is Andre-mania! Look at this! This capacity crowd coming alive as never before! The biggest man in all of professional wrestling, without a doubt. Big John Stott and King Kong Bundy teaming up, and Bobby the Brain Heenan, hoping indeed his team will be successful. Llullano cracking up. His combination of the hoaxer and Andre the Giant. This is going to be something. As you said before, just a battle of the beef. Andre, the biggest athlete in the world, seven feet four inches of him. Right around the 500-pound mark, and I'm he can sure. move. I'm surprised now Bano can even walk around after that, slopping all that pie into his body earlier. All right, we're ready for the matchup. Look at this. A shot by hook. Oh, my. Look at this. A shoulder block. I can't believe it. Off the rope again. Oh, yeah, Only one. Hulk hogan trying to look at that no can't quite get him up bundy hammering. I, believe, I believe hogan hurt his back on that he could very well have hogan off the rope. bundy missing with the roundhouse elbows cracking by the holster a right hand bundy All being right. set up now head for the buckle look up to the far side Look at this. He's illegally choking him, McMahon. He's got the straps on Bundy's wrestling tights, and he's choking him out. What is the matter with that incompetent referee? That incompetent referee is doing absolutely nothing about it, McMahon. Nothing. Well, he's taking a look at it. It's kind of difficult. Look at that tag now. Hookster in now king kong bundy's in bad shape huh. even worse right now stop getting involved now jesse let me ask you let's take a moment this is my first opportunity to ask you about what happened during piper's pit tonight well let me tell you something the body never ever gets embarrassed but i was not prepared to wrestle tonight in a to fight i'm an announcer i'm paid to come here and announce me, drive me into that ring, I'll tell you what, the next Saturday main event, if they will let, if NBC will let me leave the booth for a mere 10 minutes, he and Roddy Piper will destroy and smash these hillbillies and rub their face right in the manure like it belongs. Well, I'll tell you what's being smashed right now, Big John started King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant steps through the ropes, oh, what a chop! there's 500 pounds behind that shot, another one. Look at Big John's stuff. I wonder if he feels like a giant right now. Look at the flagrant rule breaking of the... world Andre struck the referee! He didn't mean to do that. Huh? It doesn't matter if he meant to. Andre the Giant struck the referee. I think that was an accident. Pandemonium breaking loose. all oh, four men in the square circle. Right. My goodness, look at this. Andre the Giant. Clark Hogan, House. Ma, It's the battle of the beef, all right. All right, so while we wait for a replacement referee, let's take a breather before we return to the conclusion of this historic tag team matchup. We'll be right back where he left off since we had this replacement referee Andre with a bear hug on Big John Stud. and oh my Stud and Bundy getting the worst out of this thought well I'll tell you McMahon it's the first time in my life I've ever seen a referee struck Ooh. by a wrestler and a substitute referee brought in and the match continues Hogan and the Giants should have been disqualified Bundy and Studd my opinion. look at that shot a matter of opinion, Jesse. Yeah, that, was, that was definitely an accident. All right, now, Big John Stunt off the road. Look at that. <laughs> Tag man. The big boss guy steps through. Andre the Giant. Andre with Big John Stunt. Off the road. Oh. Oh no! Look at that! Whoa. Andre's caught the rope! Andre's caught the rope now! has got Hogan too! Now we'll see where they're at. Oh no! Whoa. Look at this! Stack and Bundy! Oh no! Oh no! Andre the Giant being kicked in the back! Double team effort now. Tonya's hammering away into the cracked sternum he suffered some months ago. Look at Big John Stark. qualified, I'm certain. Cut off the rope. Oh, my. Oh. stud bailing out of the ring. Bundy and Stud out on the floor. Hogan and the Giant left in the ring. A second referee making the decision. We'll have to wait and see what the official decision actually is here. I'm confused. There it is. As a result of a disqualification, the team of Andre the King and King All right, We're victorious. Let's go up to Mean Gene Oakland along with Andre. All right, thank you very much, Vince McMahon. Victorious in front of this capacity crowd. Andre, tell us about it. I do not get enough. You didn't get I enough. I want to get some more. Come back here. I'm not finished with you guys! We're not for now, Sheriff! Hulk Hogan, they said it was the dream team, and indeed you proved that. Hey, we proved one point. They can't beat Andre the Giant fairly. It takes two of them. They will never beat Andre the Giant. And they may be they real you No, there! I love it, but I love get the real love Thank Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, from Andre the Giant. Hulk Hogan, Andre said he has not had Everybody enough- okay? come from a I charge you everywhere Make me pound the wall right, this is the only real giant all the giant. Yep.